Welcome to Mandemonium, a podcast where I, your host, Mandy, talk to guests about their favorite works of fiction, whether that be books, movies, TV shows, or more. Today, I will be joined by Jessica Camacho to discuss the first book of the Wheel of Time series called The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan. We will also be discussing the first season of Amazon Prime's adaptation titled The Wheel of Time. Welcome back. Today we have Jessica Camacho, uh, but we are not talking about Dairy Girls. Uh, We are talking about something, in fact, very different from Dairy Girls. Very different. (laughs) Uh, We are talking about uh, The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, which is the first book of The Wheel of Time, which is a 14-book series for crazy people like me. (laughs) So normally I would ask the person on the podcast why they chose this topic to talk about, but Jessica did not choose. (laughs) She was, uh, abducted, uh, forced, dragged. dragged. Uh, so the wheel of time is one of my favorite things. And Jessica just so happened to be reading the eye of the world. So I also reread it uh, so that we could then podcast on it. Um, so just a little different. We'll talk about first uh, how I came to the Wheel of Time. Uh, and then we will talk about how you came to the Wheel of Time. Uh, just to kind okay. of differentiate. Uh, since I am the longtime nerd when it comes to this. Uh, I am a noob. A noob. <laughs> uh, so I started reading the Wheel of Time in seventh grade. In wow. the year of our Lord, 1999. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, the books had been out for about nine years at that point. There oh. were eight books in existence. My dad is an airline pilot. And he, you know, back in the day on airlines when people just left their paperback books on the airplane and you're cleaning it up, like there's nothing, there's pretty much nothing you could do about that, right? Yeah. It's like, so Don't someone... throw it out. You don't want to throw it out and you take like you're going to take it to Lost and Found and it's going to mold forever. And no one no one's coming back through security no. to get their paperback copy <laughs> of a book. So someone left the path of the dagger, um, the path of daggers. I can never remember if it's singular or plural, but it should be on the back of this. Let me check. Um, no, <laughs> no, we don't know. Someone left the path of daggers and or the path of dagger, the dagger on uh the airplane, which is book eight. So that was literally the latest book in the Wheel of Time. My dad brought it home to me because he said, this looks like something you might like. <laughs> and of course, it was book eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> so we then went to the library and picked up book one. But my mom wanted to make sure it was appropriate for me. So she wanted to read it first. But then she was so impressed with just the prologue that she read the prologue out loud to me. Oh, wow. Um then she read it. Then I read it. My mom's only actually read the first three books. My dad's read all of them. Uh, and I have now read all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, when I say I've read The Eye of the World about six times, it's because there was a long time where you had to reread them to even know what was going on because it had been so long since the last book. A new book would come out and you'd be like, wait, what? I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so, yes, I have been reading The Wheel of Time for a very very long time. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, how did you come to the Wheel of Time? So I didn't even know about the Wheel of Time until I met you, probably. <laughs> and then your screen or your your 
handle on like Twitter is Brown Asia, and I didn't know what that meant ever for like the longest time until you told me. And your dog is also named after a character. So, um, how I came into it, I watched the Amazon show, the TV show, and I really liked it a lot. I probably drove you crazy with all my dumb questions, but um, there's no such thing as a dumb question in the wheel of time. <laughs> Um, I was really into it, and um, this second season I got really into it, and I was like, okay, I want more. Um, you know, 14 books is a lot, but uh, I was like, well, I want more. Let's give it a shot. So I was like, I'm going to read the book and see what happens. And so I started reading the book a few weeks ago, and uh, I finished <laughs> book one. No regrets? No regrets. <laughs> I mean, it was long. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hopefully I keep going, but I'm, I'm definitely planning on keeping going. But uh, yeah, that, it was the show that brought me into reading because usually I wouldn't think of tackling a fantasy series of this size. Because, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I, I I'm not. I was in school um, up until August, so I haven't read a lot of fiction, anything. So I don't know. Might as well start with something new. <laughs> to clarify, not in school because you're like 18, but in school because you oh. went back by choice to get a master's degree. Yeah, I chose to torture myself like get a master's degree. That's correct. In addition to working. So you yeah. were working full time and working on a master's degree, so you had no free time. That exactly right. And no time to read stuff unless it was like fluffy romance things in between. In between uh, cybersecurity papers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the aim of this podcast is to talk about the book, but the show is going to inevitably come up for those listening. But this episode's not dedicated to the show. I just want to differentiate that. It'll really probably only come up in contrast to the book. Uh, to have We'd have to have a whole episode on just the show, I feel like, if we were going to talk about the show, because it's pretty different, different. at times. <laughs> Um, shockingly different. <laughs> so I, I'm sure some of those differences will come up as we uh, talk through the book. But um, I, I feel like Wheel of Time fans who come from the books first are pretty divided on the show. Yes, I get that from online. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Um, so uh, just to put it out there, I do like the show. I think the first season made some questionable choices. Uh, I think the second season is a lot better. Um, and I'm really excited about the third season. So, but when we're talking about the eye of the world, you know, we're going to try to stay focused on this book and I'm going to try really hard not to spoil Jessica, but <laughs> Jessica may spoil herself. I'm just going to throw that out there because the show is not the first season of the show took in things from the second book. Yeah. And then the second season, which you've watched mm -hmm. has elements of the second and third books in them, but it's different. Um, so we're going to try to focus on the books, on the first book, particularly, um, and we will uh, see what happens in the conversation. So if you're out there listening and you've only read The Eye of the World and not seen the show, weird things may come up that you're like, what? Um, but if you've seen the show and not read the book, you shouldn't be spoiled on anything. Yeah. Uh, but you may be surprised 
by some of the topics. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it'll it'll be interesting. We'll see we'll see where this goes. Um, but uh, first, I kind of want to do a non spoiler uh, for people listening who maybe have not watched the show or read the book. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it to you, Jessica, as a newer person uh, coming to this. What kind of people would you say you think should read this book? Like, who who is it for? Um, <laughs> Sorry, this isn't a test. Like, no. if you were going to recommend it to people, <laughs> like, are you like... No, I think it would definitely be recommended to anyone who likes, like, fantasy stuff. Um, even if you like, like, Harry Potter or uh, Game of Thrones or something like that, I would, I would think people would really like it. Um, young people especially. I know I'm drawn to it. Um, because of I usually like stories where like you know like Harry Potter there's a group of of kids or whatever who are you know one might be chosen but there's this group of friends who have to go through something whether you know they have to do a journey or whatever um I I, I'm always drawn to that so I think um you know young adults maybe even like it fantasy fans would like it um nerds nerds (laughs) nerds yeah nerds yeah yeah, um, I did read this before I read Harry Potter. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I uh, just throwing that out there. Yeah, it was hard not for me to not draw parallels. And like I said, I'm not I'm like not huge into fantasy, you know. And I I know there's like I don't even know if Harry Potter is like considered fantasy fantasy or is just like it is fantasy. It's a different kind of fantasy. So th- okay. this is like epic second world fantasy. Yeah, kind of, kind of. It's complicated. <laughs> it, it's it's like Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, whereas Harry Potter is what well, time contemporary fantasy, okay. right? It takes yeah. place now on yeah. our planet. Right. So, okay. So yeah, I, uh, yeah. So I would recommend it to anyone who, you know, wants an escape, I guess. Wants an escape. <laughs> uh, so I would say as someone who reads a lot <laughs> of fantasy, uh, the, the thing that historically has made the Wheel of Time different from other fantasy books out there is the um, prevalence of female characters. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, one of Robert Jordan really wanted to play with gender roles. I don't think he was always as successful as he wanted to be because he was a man bound by his time. Yeah. Uh, if you, he really wanted to imagine a misandrist world. He did not get there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if the idea of a world where women inherently have more power than men politically uh, is of interest to you, I would say the eye of the world. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that's what drew me in. Obviously, I watched the show first and it was like, okay, why don't I know about this? The women have the power. I love this. These are like magical women in like a, you know, magical women thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Why don't I know about this? And that's definitely what drew me in. Women characters, powerful women characters. You know, Lord of the Rings. It's hard to find a woman character in Lord of the Rings. There's like one and a half. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) from that to this, and there's not just, you know, it's not just like one woman. It's a lot of women. <laughs> it is a lot of women. Yes. Uh, I believe there are a thousand named Aes Sedai oh my by the end of the series. Oh my gosh. Uh, now you know why I had to reread the books like every time there was a new book. Because I'd be like, who is this person? Yeah. Uh, um, 
So uh, just, uh, you know, before we get into spoilers, for those of you who haven't read it, uh, The Eye of the World, The Wheel of Time. It's a world that is technically actually our world, and that's not really a spoiler. That's kind of there at the beginning. The idea is that time is a wheel. Uh, there are ages. They repeat themselves. We now either live in the seventh age or the first age. We've never truly had that confirmed, which it is. Uh, the book is in the third age. People in this world are, they die and they're reborn. Like, but you don't remember your past lives, right? That's just like, you don't die and go to heaven and hell. You die, you get taken back into the wheel of time. The wheel spins you back out. Uh, so it's just this idea. And they know that. They know Whereas today, you know, we have many religions, right? And people believe different things. During this time period, you know, everybody knows and believes yeah. in the wheel of time, right? <laughs> and they have a lot of reasons for that. They have things that have kind of make Confirmed. it apparent. Confirm it, right? <laughs> the kind of the setup of the book is that the last age, the second age, the age of legends, uh, was this huge epic time period of awesomeness that ended in a cataclysm. Everyone during that, not everyone, there's magic that could be used during that time equally by men and women, but then the mid did something that tainted the male side of this power because there is a female side and a male side and they can't use each other's. Uh, all men in the third age who use this magic, uh, the one power, go insane. So they get systematically culled by the women who have the same power. So only women can use magic, but there are prophecies about a male magic user called the dragon reborn, who is either going to destroy or save them all. So it's, uh, and you kind of start out in this kind of Shire like setting, which yes. Robert Jordan did on purpose. Uh, and uh, you meet this cast of young people. In fact, uh, you can find the Eye of the World in the YA section split into two books that uh, they did to repackage it to YA readers because your main characters are basically like 16 and 18. The girl, well, Egwene's 16. Nynaeve's like 28. Uh, Is she that old? Yeah, okay. she's like 10 years older than oh, them. Okay. And the boys are like 18. Um yeah. So definitely 18 year old boys. Yes, you can tell. <laughs> um, so our three main characters are these boys. But in the first book, you only get perspectives really from Rand and Perrin. And mm-hmm. then there's an occasional chapter from like Nynaeve's perspective and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely an epic fantasy. Like, I mean, like an actual traditional epic fantasy. There is walking. Lots of walking. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a journey horseback riding <laughs> and they, they go to many cities i will say for those of you who are like oh that sounds horrible the books definitely don't stay that way things you know you start out with this very traditional tolkien-esque uh first book so if you watch the first three episodes of the show and you were like this is just lord of the rings yeah. yes yes it is <laughs> uh and then it quickly diverges and uh, in the later books you get a lot more politics and like battles and war and like crazy magic things um so you can definitely hold out for that I mean, this is going to sound a lot, but I'm going to say, if you like the first three books of The Wheel of Time, you will like all of The Wheel of Time. Yeah. <laughs> if you read the fourth book and you hate the fourth book, you should stop. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. Like, the fourth <laughs> book is generally, for most people, like, a very great book. So if you read the fourth book and you're like, I can't. I can't do this. This was terrible. <laughs> That's, just don't keep going. There are ten more books after that. Don't keep. Just, and just stop. <laughs> See, and I feel really good about myself for finishing book one. This is a big book. 
and just to know that there's you know 13 more to go it's uh like exciting at the same time i'm like wow (laughs) well one of them's the land moraine prequel that's much shorter so new spring right okay Uh, so there's that uh Oh, don't oh, I don't read that. Don't read it yet. No, okay. you gotta wait. <laughs> you should read it in the order it was published, okay. or else you'll spoil it yourself. All right, so that's our. Uh, I'm gonna say non-spoiler thoughts on the Eye of the World, and um, yeah, uh, we should go straight into. Oh, I just I am a huge Wheel of Time fan, girl. This is literally one of my favorite things, and this podcast is about talking about people's favorite things. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Okay. While I have criticisms of Wheel of Time, um, I love the Wheel of Time. I literally wear a Aes Sedai ring every day. I have at least three pairs of Aes Sedai earrings and two, three, three Wheel of Time related mugs. Uh, and uh, I love the Wheel of Time. Yes. So, just gonna at Brown Aja, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you haven't even met yet in the first book. Right. No. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. All right. Now we will go into spoilers. Ah, spoiler warning. <laughs> spoiler warning for the thirty-year-old book. The, for the thirty-year-old, but only the <laughs> first book. Thirty-year, thirty-three-year-old <laughs> book that I, you know, I first read this book. Over 20 years I ago. I think it's really cool to have read this when you're like 12 or 13 and still be like fangirling over it. That's awesome. Obsessed. Yeah. 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 To be fair, the last book didn't come out. I was a working adult when the last book came out. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was. I just remember it was a very busy week at work. <laughs> and um, I had to give, I bought the book. And had to give it to someone else and say, don't give it back to me till Friday. Oh, uh, you had to get stuff done. <laughs> uh, and then it was given to me on Friday. And I spent all day Saturday reading it. I finished it in, uh, was it 13 hours? Wow. Uh, or something like that. It was either 13 or 17. I could go look. I only, and I told Brandon Sanderson this at a signing one time. And he was like, he signed it 40 years to write 13 hours to read or something like that. 40 is the wrong number, but it's something like that. When we get to a memory of light one day, we will talk about that. Yeah. And we'll talk about Brandon Sanderson. Cause that's a, yes, a thing that Jessica doesn't even know about yet. I mean, she knows, but, I know, not, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So the eye of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so can, well, just what were the big differences between the show and the book that like shocked you? The beginning part of the show, there is this huge, like, the Trollocs and everything, like, everyone's there, they attack during uh, Beltine or the festival or whatever, and that didn't happen in the book like that, like, Rand was separated from everyone else. Also, like, Egwene, like, it was kind of like, hey, you're coming with us, or she's like, I want to go, okay. (laughs) Egwene, so... Since you're a Harry Potter person. Yeah. <laughs> Egwene's like Hermione. Yeah. Right? But like a Slytherin Hermione. Like she wants to take over the world, right? So she saw an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. She was like, She wanted out of there. I want out of here and I want to do great things, right? Yeah. Um, so, which I personally cannot fault her for because no. that's my personality as well. <laughs> yeah. So. so I think there was a big difference. Um, the chapter with Rand and and 
and his father was different, completely different, because he was attacked by the Trollocs up at their farm, and then he had to, like, drag him down <laughs> to, back down to the two rivers or whatever, essentially. By himself. By himself, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so the, uh, the whole thing was different, just from, right from the start, and I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be different. I think, really, like, in the first part of the TV show, you go to the White Tower, right? And you don't mm-hmm. do that at all in the book yeah that's stuff from the second book yeah they brought in and so i was like waiting to go to the right white tower because i'm like into the ice that i want to know about them i want i want to know (laughs) i want to know more about them and i want to see them so um yeah so i guess i have to wait a lot longer and you know even in the first the beginning of the show i think one of the first scenes of the beginning of the show is the red aja like you know yeah they actually like showed you the stuff with Logan. Logan, yeah right and that was completely different too so yeah, and so right away I knew I was like, okay, this is gonna be different. That's cool. I'm just gonna like go in with a fresh, you know, just try to like put the TV show over here and then focus on the book. And, and I think that worked out well. Like it's hard, you know, when you first read a book, you have like a picture of these characters right in your mind, and it's like your own picture of you know what you get from the writing. And uh, <laughs> I had already like seen these characters in the TV show, so it was hard for me to like make my own picture. So you know, Rand in, in my head for the book is Rand in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you, you miss something with that or not, but you know, yeah. or it's just like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. And it was interesting when I was rereading it, cause this is my first time rereading it after watching the show. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, which of these characters can I imagine as their show counterparts? Cause obviously I have in my head what I think all these characters look like. Yeah. And to me, the easiest one to imagine as the show counterpart is Lan. Really? Like I really think show Lan and book Lan like are like, Physically, very yeah. similar. Except they do in the book talk about land, like having blue eyes, and so yeah. I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, that's the only difference. I uh, but I yeah, most of the other characters uh, look very different in my head, and uh, I, I will say so. There's been a lot of talk uh, online before the show came out about the racial decisions in casting and casting in Wheel of Time. Uh, so I'm going to go with my one complaint. <laughs> okay. So in the book. They're all basically white. Once again, Robert Jordan, man of his time, man of his era, man of his area of the world, which is uh, Charleston. South uh, Carolina. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But reading the book, there's actually nothing to contradict that most of the Two Rivers people could be black. So the show, you know, went with black. So here's my complaint. Matt should be black. And I want Rand to be so obviously adopted and also (laughs) an idiot. Like, so have you ever seen Kung Fu Panda? Yes. Two. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen two. So in Kung Fu Panda 2, the panda realizes he's adopted. Oh. And he's talking to, like, the tiger girl. And she's like, wait, so your father, the crane, because he's a bird, right. is not your biological father? And he's like... Or something like that, right? Like pointing out how obvious it is that he's adopted. And the panda's just like, yeah, I'm devastated. You know, I had no idea. And she's just like, that's tough, buddy. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like that is the level of like obliviousness (laughs) I expect from Rand. That he's just like obviously adopted. Yeah. And like thinks that he's like albino or something, right? Like that's what I wanted. Where it's just like... (laughs) 
But instead, they made the Two Rivers a racially diverse area of the world where there's white people and black people. I can live with it, but I just wish Rand was the only white. Because I'm like, they could have no idea how genetics work. Right. So Tam could have been black, gone off, came home with a white wife. And people would oh. be like, oh, you got a white kid. That's how genetics works. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> but no, they didn't do that. But so that was yeah. my dream, that Rand would just be super obviously oh. adopted. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Like... <laughs> Like, imagine Lily White Joshua, because that's his name in real life. Imagine his father is like Idris Elba. And he's like, what do you mean he's not my real father? (laughs) Like, that would be like Uh, peak for me. Peak Rand. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah. Because in the book, he actually struggles with being adopted Uh, a lot. They don't use the word adopted. But, like, that his father's not his. Yeah, it always comes back because he's always like, you know, his sword is his link to his father, really. And he's always like... You know, I am my father's son or whatever like that. Something like that. Because he didn't have a chance to talk to his father. Yeah. About this after it's revealed to him. Right. So it's just like this huge. Well, in the book, too, that's a difference between the book and the movie. Like the book, you know, he's all he he got like that uh, wound or whatever. And he was all crazy. And he was saying, you know, how Rand came about. They didn't put, do that in the TV show, you know, because they can actually show that in the TV show. Yeah, we got the blood snow. That <laughs> yeah. scene is epic in yeah. the TV show. I'm just going to um, win. Um, nope, that's spoilers. I'm sorry. I can't say anything. Uh, the Amazon show. Do not do not read, like, the names. I, I don't know. if You you know how Amazon does that thing where you pause it and it, like, shows you all the names of all the actors in it and, like, the yeah. actors they're playing? So they totally, like, spoil you already, but you just don't know enough to know you've been spoiled. Oh, okay. uh, But it's very frustrating. The name they use for Rand's mother in that casting and that scene, and you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I won't it's, look. Don't look. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rand and the Two Rivers, they're attacked by Trollocs. Moraine happens to be there. Yeah. She saves all their butts. Well, yeah. not Rand's. Rand's Rand, Rand, yeah. Because he's off by himself. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting how they were separated. Yeah, so in the book, you don't see Moraine save everybody. No. Which is really interesting, too. Yeah, because it was a huge part of the show. It was like, okay, this lady's a badass. Yeah, yeah. and Rand just comes into the after effects, and everybody's like, oh, she's nice as I. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a big deal. And it's also, like, in the book... Right? The Two Rivers is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Right? You get that later where they talk about how there's been no tax person in the Two Rivers in like 20 years. Yeah. They're kind of like, yeah, on the periphery of everything. Yeah. And so uh, there, they haven't seen an Aes Sedai like ever. Yeah. Uh, And so they basically think Aes Sedai are witches. Uh, (laughs) Which is funny because it's not far off from what the Children of the Light believe. Right? Yeah. Uh, Those guys. So they're all like super untrusting of Moraine. And uh, uh, she basically tells the boys that the Trollocs are after them because only their houses were attacked, which is true. Yes. Uh, And whisks them away. And then um, Nynaeve stalks them. Yeah, she does. I think it's kind of funny how she just kind of like whisks them away. It's like, oh, bye. Yeah. And Egwene's like, I'm coming too. Well, and I I thought that was kind of weird too because isn't her parents like the mayor mm-hmm. and it's just like okay bye <laughs> like, well and also rand is the only one who actually talks to his dad about what's happening oh and they're like you told your dad she told not to tell anyone and he's like what you didn't tell your parents <laughs> yeah rand is such a good son like yeah. i don't know he's such a good boy and like matt is like oh eh. yeah 
Well, yeah, and yeah, in the in the show too, they gave Perrin and Matt like a bigger, yes. like you know, Matt has these like, you know, drunk parents or whatever, and he takes care of his sisters, and then Perrin is like married, yeah, and then that whole thing that was huge, yeah. Uh, so, That's so a huge difference. Both of those changes, I think, were made because once again, how long is this book? Almost seven hundred <laughs> yeah, pages. <laughs> Um, and it's just one of 14. Yeah. So they had to do like shortcuts, right. To give you reasons why they're conflicted. Right. And to externalize their you internal You don't have conflicts. like 45 chapters to talk about stuff. Yeah. yeah. We don't have, uh, <laughs> one and a half books of Matt being tainted by the dagger. Right. <laughs> like instead you get like two episodes of yeah. Matt being tainted by the dagger, which is crazy by the way, in context, like that you're like, uh, he just got that dagger and now he's getting rid of it. It's, uh, what? <laughs> um, and the same with Perrin, right? Like, I don't even think in the first book, you never see Perrin's actual struggle with the axe, right? He just yeah. kind of has it. He kind of uses it. But yeah. in the show, they have him kill his wife with it, yes. right? Accidentally. Yeah. Um, He's like fighting everyone else and turns around. And... It's the chaos of battle, yes. right? It's essentially friendly fire. Right. Uh, and so that creates this conflict in him right whereas in the book they're seeding that with like the time with the tinkers where he's learning about like pacifism and extreme pacifism right where a tinker would rather let you kill them than Mm -hmm. they hurt you right right? uh and then the time with the white cloaks where it's like if he hadn't fought for himself yeah he he and Egwene would be dead yeah right and so but on the other hand by killing those white cloaks he's sealed his fate with the white cloaks right like they will never trust him no white cloaks don't trust people but they will (laughs) they will never just believe he's not evil right or yeah yeah so how do you externalize these things that in the books really takes like three chapters yeah, chapters and chapters i mean i mean three books to like bring forward and you have to do it quick so To make their character go through something in a TV show, you have to have them go through some stuff. Right. So it's like one of Matt's key character elements is he doesn't believe he's a hero. Uh, And so, yeah, if his parents are scumbags, but then you see the seeds of him in the show being a hero because he's raising his sisters and taking care of them. Right. Right. Like he does that. He cares for people. He takes care of them in the books it's different right like the dagger is what's tainting him but you see even when he's in control of the dagger when he thinks rand is sick like he's taking care of rand yeah right because that's who matt is he's always like taking care of people and always looking after them but denying that that's what he's doing uh and hey full full disclosure matt's my favorite character yeah (laughs) which jessica doesn't understand yet because she's only read one book yes and i'm like guys are so dumb like you have this dagger from this scary place that you took and marine was like did you take anything no and then you act all crazy and then rand's like oh you took that yeah oh you're turning crazy and you know sick maybe we should tell someone no No. let's not do that One of the core tenets of the book, just FYI, is uh, no one can communicate with each other. Yeah. So, which is actually funny because I had a complaint in the second season 
that I won't get into because we're not talking about the second season here. But Trevor was like, did you just complain that two people in the Wheel of Time did not talk to each other? And I was like, <laughs> fair. I can't, like, that is the Wheel of Time. I can't complain about that. Like, that's actually, like, one of Robert Jordan's, like, thesis is that when you don't talk to each other, yeah, chaos happens. And at the end, everyone actually has to talk to each other and communicate in order to defeat the light. Or, Sorry, the dark. We're not defeating Jeez, the light. Andy. Man, I'm going full on. dark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm waiting for Matt to, uh, you know. It's going to take a couple books. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. I mean, so that was people were complaining about that with both seasons of the show. Like, until the last episode of the recent season, they were like, when is Matt going to be awesome? Why is Matt so much terrible? And I'm like, do you remember? Child, do you not remember <laughs> that it took like five books for Matt to be awesome? Like, yeah. calm yourself. I'll be uh, patient. You got to be patient. But there are other great characters to love. So who yeah. is your favorite character in the Eye of the World? So it's tough because, well, I, I really like Moraine, but I don't know if that's because of the show. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, because like we see her in the book and she's intriguing in the book. But she's totally from Rand's perspective right. in the book. So it might be tainted by the show, but I just want to know her more. So I'm, I'm, I'm into that and I like her <laughs> and I like Nanave, but I'm always like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like Nanave, my child. Yeah. She just like pops off all the time. I love Nanave. Yeah. She's like, so my top three faves, right? Matt, <laughs> Nanave, and the world's got to permit, give me Gallad. Oh my gosh, I love Gallad so much. He's so ridiculous. Um, but that's because I identify with Gallad a lot. Like, doing the right thing, even when it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and though he was in the first book, and he, he hasn't been in the show at all. My but... dog is named Gallad. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Pronounced exactly like that, even though in the book it's totally Galad. Just throwing that out there. So Yeah, well, I'm going to call it Gallad because I knew the dog first. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they, were in, they were in the book. And I really like those scenes. Like, I, I really liked it when he f- just fell off that wall and right into her, uh, you know, courtyard there and that whole interaction. So, uh, yeah. I, I love when oh, Egwene asks him who Elaine is. And he's like, Elaine Tracan, the daughter heir of Andor. And she's like, if you didn't want to tell me the truth, like, just don't answer. Yeah. And he's like, Perrin would know how to talk to girls. Yeah. <laughs> And we've talked about that a little bit. Like, that's a theme. Like, he's always like this. And then Perrin's always like, I wish Matt were around or Rand, whatever. You know, they're always like, oh, he knows how to talk to girls. When really, yeah. When the truth is, the only one who does is uh, the girls. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, Aram. He knows how to. Oh, yeah. He's. uh, All right. So I'm going to talk about Aram because I'm going to talk about the Tinkers. Okay. But. The Aram Egwene thing is actually super important. And I think actually the show misses that. So I'm going to say, here's why it's important. Because it shows that Egwene, the first opportunity she has to forget Rand and focus on a different boy, she She takes it. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Whereas in the show, they set up Egwene and Rand as this like epic love, you know? Yeah. It's just like, and so there are people on the internet, show only fans who are mad that Rand may have another love interest. Oh, dear. And it's just like, but if you read the book, I mean, one, men told Rand to his face that they love each other, but they're not 
and not in the way they want, right? And then the other thing is that, once again, Egwene meets this handsome, dashing, dancing, you know, Charming. charming young man and immediately is like, Full on board. Not um, a much. Not enough to give up her dreams for it, right? Because he tries to get her to stay. Yeah. And she's like, no. child, I'm going to Tarvalin. I'm going to be an Aes Sedai. <laughs> Sit <Yeah>. down. <laughs> right. Which is totally Egwene and why she and Rand would never work out, right? Because they have diverging paths. Yeah. They're both on their own, like. Yeah. I like that, too, though, because, like, you know, um, you have these childhood friends and you think, or your first love or whatever, and you think you, you'll you never get past that or whatever. And then, you know, there's a lot of people out there. You're going to meet a lot of people. So, like, it, that's one of the things about Harry Potter is, like, everyone's in love with each other. The one, you know. Everyone... They end up with their high school sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, so I'm glad. <laughs> I don't know who Rand ends up with. And I, I won't tell you. Uh, um, <laughs> but I'm glad. And that it's not like, oh, boom, you know, you're destined to be, you can have a love for a person that you've grown up with that you've actually loved. That's not necessarily like your true love. Right. And I actually think that's the thing about the Eamon Fields five, right? So you have Perrin, Matt, Rand, Nynaeve, and Egwene. In the end, none of them are romantically linked to each other, right? And we kind of, we know that because men tells... Rand that he's not going to end up with a Gwen, so that's not a spoiler. Yeah, and we know Nynaeve's not going to end up with any of these boys. No. And Robert Jordan's not the kind of author to put two men together, right? <laughs> it's the nineties. It's or the nineties or whatever. No, it was the nineties. <laughs> uh, but um, we'll we'll get to other books one day. You know they're not going to end up together, but you know they're destined to be together, not romantically, right. but like that all of their paths are like coming back together. It's like they're a braid. Right? I mean, this goes back to the Taveran thing, right? Mm-hmm. The Wheel of Time. And you have these threads that are more powerful. And Moraine calls it a uh, a web. Right. Uh, but it's like, if they're each a thread with a br- of a braid, but then they braid other people with them, but each of them is part of a greater braid that is each other, right? So they, like, collect people around them as they, as that they, they bring back in, right? Because yeah. in the end, they all have to be there to defeat the dark, right? If any one of them falls, it's yeah, over. It's a, yeah. Um, which you kind of see in this book, right? Because, uh, sorry, I have to think about my name choices because no spoilers. Okay. Uh, Belaz- Bel- 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 yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Belazamon uh, yeah. is constantly after all three boys, right? Yeah. And he's like poking at them. Now he's trying, it's, by the end, it's clear that he's trying to figure out which one of them is the dragon reborn. Right. Right. Which in the book, you don't know. Um, in the show, they make that it could be any of the five. Right. right? Yes. Uh, but in the book, we know it has to be a man who's mm-hmm. the dragon reborn. He's picking at them because it's like he knows if he gets any one of them, right, it's over. But Belazamon is one of the names of the Dark One. Yeah. Rand thinks he's killed him at the end. Yes. Uh, but. The end. So that was a big change from like you know obviously i was trying to you know go on the same slate but it's hard to like not compare the two because the the ending of book one and the ending of the show were so different yes um it's actually one of my big complaints about season one is how different the two endings are and and not in like it couldn't be tweaked but the way they did it but go ahead yeah sorry no no it's just like yeah like you get to 
so we're in the blight, right? We're fighting, we're, we're you know, creepy blight. We get to the green man, and then all the stuff happens, and then it's like the Rand show for a few chapters, and we yeah. lose contact with everyone else. Um, it's just Rand in the dark one. Um, Belazamon. <laughs> and, um, you know, in the show, it was like, definitely not that. You have, you know, Egwene and Nynaeve doing this whole magic, you know, Red Rover thing with their hands. Like, ooh. Um, so that's what I didn't like. And they're fighting the battle, you know. And then in the, in the book, I was like, wait, what? Rand did what? You know, so it's so clear that, like, the book makes so clear that Rand is the this dragon reborn. Like, he, you know, ended this battle. He did all this stuff with his magic. They didn't do that in the show. So, you know, it'll well, be interesting to see where that goes, I In guess. the show, it's like the place where they were going, the eye of the world, is the Dark One's prison, which is right. not what it is in the book, right? Yeah. Which gives okay. them more reason in the show. So in the show, they say the eye of the world is Shalio Gol which is where the dark one is. Yeah. Which is why they think in the show that the person they're fighting is the dark one, which is why Rand thinks he's one. Right. Right. Because they think that that is the dark one because they're at the dark one's prison. Right. Yeah. Um, in the show, they're at the eye of the world and Rand actually goes somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a little confusing if you don't yes. know what's happening, but it's like he opens a stairway Right? And then he ends up in the place where he had been in his dreams. Yeah. He runs off and everybody else, after after he destroys Aganor, right? Which yeah. is one of the two forsaken they meet at the Eye of the Those World. creepy dudes, yeah. Yeah. Um, which gives you the idea... So in the show, it's like the forsaken each have their own seal. And so in the book... Just, yeah, that they, like, carry around. Yeah. So in the book, to clarify for you, like, the Forsaken are sealed in Shaogol with the Dark One. But since there's multiple seals between the external and the Dark One, it's, like, different ones of them are at different okay. layers. Right? Um, so they're Aganor and Bathamel, I think is the other one. Uh, Good on you, because... I've read this book a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the pronunciations are questionable. We're two of the most external ones. But, yes. No okay. spoilers. No, I like the ending of the book a lot. And I was kind of, I, I had to reread it because I was like, wait, what happened? And I think it was just so different than like what, you know, you try to get that out of your head, but you it's, it's hard. So, I yeah, I think I read that last chapter or the couple last chapters once or twice or i mean i read times. this book six times yeah. and i had to read the last chapter a couple of times and even had to google something like did i remember this which is the uh i don't know if you caught it but the all caps talking to rand oh so there there's like uh um right before rand like goes up um to meet but but yes. He says something like, not again. And then there's like all caps, like, I will not get involved. Like, and so that has been a fan debate for a long time of oh. who is speaking in those all caps, just so you know. Okay. Uh, which I will not answer for you because it's you. a minor spoiler, <laughs> but it's not a real spoiler because we never really got an answer. 
but I'm pretty sure we all know what the answer is. But I won't spoil it for you. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I had forgotten that that happened in the eye of the world. It happens again in A Memory of Light, but I had forgotten that it happened there. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of little things like that, right? And he pulls up, he the power he pulls in that scene is from the eye of the world, right? Which is the pure Satan. So it's untainted. Um, so he's not all, but that's not the first time he channels in the book, right? He yeah. channels multiple times in the book. You had commented to me something about like Rand being crazy on the, on ship. the ship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, that's part of his, he channeled and then you get sick yeah. later. Right. And that's part of that. And there's also a similar scene when he tries to pick a fight with white cloaks in Berlin. Oh yeah. So the Berlin white cloaks is the sickness from him healing Bella. Oh. Uh, and uh, I, I would have to, my book is tabbed. So uh, with different things like that, like first, like time ran touches the one power and like different things. So okay. like you can, when you know, in retrospect, you know that he's channeling, but when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Cause I was like, what is wrong with him? So the other thing that I will say that's like super, super, super minor spoiler. So you'll forgive me. Okay. Is there's several scenes in the book where Rand has like goosebumps while Maureen is channeling and he thinks it's because he's freaking himself out. Uh, Male channelers feel when women are channeling, like they feel goosebumps. Oh, okay. So it's like rereading it. You're like, oh, it's because Maureen is channeling. Not just because like. He's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of little things like that. There's actually a lot in this book, like men's visions. Like when you know what they mean, you're like, oh. you oh, know. Okay. Um, and uh, everyone you meet in this book comes back, right? Like Robert Jordan doesn't create characters who never come back. Yeah. Uh, so I remember uh, I was reading at lunch and I came and I was like, rest in peace, uh to the what's his name the gleeman tom yeah and you were like uh <laughs> no one in the wheel of time is dead yeah unless they're bail fired which is coming okay. uh so um bail fire removes you from the pattern oh okay so you're dead dead dead, dead. you can't come back right like uh not, great. not even the dark one can bring you back uh Oof. so presumably the creator could if he got involved, which he doesn't. So. Right. What are other, any other standout scenes in the Wheel of Time that you want to discuss? Um, so I did read about like Robert Jordan and he's like a, was a, uh, was a Vietnam vet. And you can like, when they're in the blight, I really got that. Like their fear of like where they're going of combat almost, you know, like, um, here he explained one scene like there was a stick that could blow up without you even knowing it and i was like oh that's that must be like a vietnam Vietnam thing um or you know just that kind of stuck out to me is like you know these fear of this young people like it's kind of like i have to keep going and it and everyone's telling it me it's probably worse ahead you know but you can't go back so that kind of like stuck out to me a little bit um you yourself are a vet Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Not a combat veteran, but a Navy veteran. (laughs) So, yeah. And and I do really, you know, I've read a lot of, watched a lot of, you know, you know, war stuff, Band of Brothers, things like that. And and that kind of stuck out to me as like him writing about this and thinking about that, maybe, or 
um, that stuck out to me. I'm excited about the White Tower, like I said, and future books in the Aes Sedai. I like this idea of, uh, you know, the differences between the the Aes Sedai with the colors and the, you know, they pledged. I don't know exactly how it works yet. Um, <laughs> how they're like, we become red or green or yellow or... It's like joining a club. Yeah, or yeah. gray. I don't know if you're like... It's like getting a house chosen in Harry Potter. Chosen for, for you? No, or, yeah. you choose. <laughs> you choose. You choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the politics of that, you know, obviously there's some major changes in the book from the TV show, because in the TV show, um, we meet um, Suwon. Is that how to say it? I'm pretty sure it's Swan, but Swan. I always say Sue Ann. Oh, okay. Like a crazy person. Once Sue again, on. read this book in 99, there was no... Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Amerlin seat yes. is like the head of the, the Aes Sedai and her and, and the TV show Moreno, you know, a little secret uh, relationship going I on. I did warn you. Yeah. Right. That the books are not as gay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm ready for that. But, you know, I'm just curious to meet all these. And it's because Leandrin wasn't in the first book at all. And she was right. in the TV show. And, you know, she's a big old baddie in the in the, in the show. So... She's coming. Yeah. So I'm excited. Everyone who's in the show <laughs> that you can name yeah. is in the book. Uh, yeah. Not everything in the show happens the same way. And some characters are amalgams of other characters. And uh, uh, it's definitely interesting how they do some of the things in the show different from how they do it in the book. But Leandrin is in the books. She's just in later books. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, because in the show, they have that whole, and it's a big part of the show, is when they have Loghain and they're trying to keep him stilled or whatever it's called. And, um, you trying know. Trying to keep him shielded. Shielded. Sorry. <clears throat> and he, like, you know, that whole scene happens and kills one of the Aes Sedai, you know. And that wasn't in the, in the first book at all. So. Right. And obviously, this book doesn't end with Moraine thinking she's stilled. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. That was a big difference, which is I'm fine with because I was like, I don't like this in this when they happened in the show. There's a lot of uh, disgruntlement, <laughs> I'll say, and fandom over that whole plot line in yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, I think in the show it went on a little too long. Like she was all mopey, and you know, you know, we don't have to talk about it. It's second season, but yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. So I'm excited to learn more about that and and where the characters go from here because obviously it's just like you know the beginning, so. And I think they even say that it's like, <laughs> you know, it's not the end. It's beginning something like that. Yeah, but there uh, are neither beginnings nor endings in the wheel of time. By the but it was a beginning. A beginning. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that always surprises me on reread um, is I always forget how early Lan and Nynaeve are a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right away, right? Like it is. Yeah. And I, for some reason, one of my rereads, I had like forgotten that and it happened. And I was like, I thought this was like a book four thing. <laughs> you know, I was just like, huh, it's right there in book one. Like they have a pretty obvious conversation about like, you know, where he's like, I'm not for you, but I wish I was. He doesn't say it like that. Yeah. But, you know, um, so I like Nynaeve and Lan. I ship them. Uh, I like Lan a lot. He's stoic. Like you're gonna get more land in book two. Okay. Uh, I mean, land never goes away, but there's a lot of land Rand in book two that's not in oh, okay. the second season of the show. Um, land is much more of a mentor to Rand in the books than he is in the show. Yeah, I think you can because like in the books they planted the seed almost like like you could he's always like you know observing his mannerisms and how he does things and all that stuff because because I think like in the in the book 
if you think about it, these boys are 18 and Lan's like 40. Yeah. He's like a man. Yeah. Right. And they're like, you know, Egwene makes a comment about that when she's with the Tinkers, right? Where uh, uh, Aram's grandma and her were talking and Perrin's like, what are you talking about? And she was like, how to be a woman. And Perrin's I like, love he's like, we don't get, no one needs to explain to us how to be a man. <laughs> and she's like, and maybe that's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? I totally took a picture of that, that quote and sent it to you in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Because I love that. It's so such much. a good quote, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And maybe you, that's the problem. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, like Rand had Tam and now he's been cut off from Tam. And he doesn't have a mom. But he does have uh Nynaeve. <laughs> God. Uh, which is more like a big sister. Than yeah. A mom, it's I definitely would say. older sister. And, and yeah, in the show, she's definitely not as older sister. It's more like two year older sister. Right. Whereas in the book, it's like, no, no, she's like she was there smacking their butts, you know, but she oh, was yeah. like the babysitter smacking their butts, not like, you know. Yeah. Uh <laughs> well, so. yeah. And another thing, like, they're so curious about the Aes Sedai. like they're just like they don't trust her at all you know yes um so i'm curious how that'll come out in the books you know i just made a face but didn't say anything so i'm i'm uh containing <laughs> i'm containing uh, oh, i have so there's so many Randy things wants to word vomit all over the i room. could say about so many things but one so one of the reasons why i reread the eye of the world was so when we had this conversation i wouldn't spoil you because Appreciate that. there I, there are so many things and i forget where they happen yeah. um yeah i mean even just like what happened in the tv show what happened in the, in the book uh you know it's you know, because the TV show came out, what, two years ago? The, f- the first season, I had rewatched it since, but... They filmed it during COVID. Yeah, I think it came out. Which is like... why Matt left. The actor. <laughs> oh, the recast. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing in the show. Matt was just like, peace out. So that's actually one of the reasons why the show diverges a little bit. Is they had to deal with COVID stuff, and they had an actor leave, so you couldn't do everything quite the same way. But, yeah, um, uh, yeah so in the book, right, Matt, you... Uh, not Matt. Rand uses the eye of the world and in there they find the horn of valor right valier whatever um in the show they find it like a different way uh in the show there's no dragon banner that they find uh which is important uh and uh yeah it's just very and I, i think it's interesting you know in the show you're right like they don't they're all in different places at the end of season one. Whereas at the end of book one, Rand goes away and comes back. And from the everyone else's perspective, Rand didn't really go away. They just thought he was like hiding somewhere. They didn't know he like went somewhere else, right? So from everybody else's perspective, it's like they all had this battle together. Yeah. Right? When really it was Rand's battle. Rand's battle, yeah. Right? Uh, their battles are coming. Oh, okay. Uh, they, all ha- they all have their own personal demons they have to deal with. So obviously you have Perrin and the wolves. Yeah, which... I kind of like the whole wolf thing. Yeah. The wolf brother. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Matt and his dagger, which uh, while a frustrating at times <laughs> plot line is actually super important to who Matt becomes, um, uh, enables, enables, uh, all these characters are going to grow and become almost completely different people than they are in this work book that we just read. Oh, wow. I would say, except for Nynaeve, because she is defined. Already. By sheer stubbornness. Yeah. 
Like, wow, she is too. Uh, but the others, they're children, right? But the crazy thing is these books only take place over two and a half years. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, well, you get, yeah. But so I will be interested. The idea is, is that as you read them, I will read them and we can talk about it. Yeah. Well, uh, I have the second book. I started it. Um, so. Yeah. I'm going to take a break and read the new Brandon Sanderson book that came out before. Yeah. Well, I read you read much faster than me. You'll probably still beat me on book two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not. And, and I'm definitely, uh, I definitely did not start the great hunt because I didn't want to, uh contaminate it oh, yeah. in my mind right and yeah. uh, my mind's already contaminated there's already so many things i want to say that yeah i'm sure i I'm can't sure. um oh so. i do want to shout out to uh how do you say it loyal yeah i love that guy i like him much better in the book <laughs> in the book yeah yeah in uh, the book yeah i love his and, and Rand's relationship like... in the book yeah like they just like chill you know just he's up there reading his books he's just like curious yeah. Like this big guy, just like, you know. And he's like, I want to go with you guys. And then when, like, things start getting stressful, he's like, I shouldn't have come. Yeah. <laughs> just like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I like him. I, like, are there any characters I don't like other than the White Cloaks in this Ugh. book? Ah, White Cloaks are the worst. And I hate White Cloak scenes. I hate when White Cloaks are talking to each other. Like, which is ironic because... I call my dog White Cloak Puppy because he is, in fact, very white. Um, He's and, uh, Sam Wade. Uh, for spoiler reasons. Um, so, so, like, the White Cloaks are, like, religious extremists. Yes. Right? Like, on the one hand, they're not wrong. You have this actual epic battle between the light and the dark that is going on, and dark friends probably should be killed. Yeah. On the other hand, they're witch hunting. Yeah. And I don't even mean I said I. I mean, like... Women. No, just people, people. that they don't like. They're like, yeah. you're a dark friend, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Because you didn't go along with our authoritarian, like, regime. Yeah. Uh, what I actually think is interesting is I feel like the show has humanized them a little more. Uh, look at you, Dane Bornhold. But uh, uh, we'll talk about that more next time. Uh, so... Well, and also made them kind of terrible, like the... the Vidal, Vidal. Valda. Valda. Um, <laughs> Eamon Valda. He's uh, bad. Yeah, but he's equally as bad in the book. Oh, okay. Right? So, like, that's not surprising, okay. I okay. guess, is what I'm saying. Whereas them making Dane, like, oh yeah, relatable and, like, someone who talks to, like, Perrin, like a normal human, you're just like... Don't like it. I, what is this? Like, don't <laughs> don't make white cloaks relatable. That's... Yeah. I don't like this. Um, but, uh... Oh, and the other thing in this book that I guess we should highlight is how many people, um, I feel like in the, they didn't highlight this as much in the show, but in the book, Rand gets identified as an Aiel multiple times. Oh, yeah. Right? And he has no idea what's going on. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when he meets uh, Loyal, is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, I've never met an Aiel before or whatever. And he's like, what? I'm not, I'm not, that's not me. Right. In the two rivers, you know? And the green man identifies him as Nihil, like multiple people do. Yeah. And then, you know, which is why when Nynaeve's like, I didn't tell Maureen you weren't born in the two rivers. I'm like, Maureen has eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Maureen is very patient with these children. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's just like, you know, because they, she could just like yell at these three boys because they do some dumb stuff all the time mm -hmm. and uh yeah 
and she you know she that's what i like about her character is that like you know this is her job she knows that she has to do this and and she you know does it regardless of how annoying it probably is or what she has to sacrifice along the way yeah (laughs) yeah and lan is similar right like we learn in this book that lan was supposed to be king of a country that doesn't exist anymore right it was eaten by the blight but all the people in the borderlands would essentially announce him their king right there and follow him into battle but he has a greater battle uh which is the dragon reborn and you'll also notice like they never tell anyone moraine and lan not even the boys they never tell anyone that the person they're actually think they're looking for is the dragon reborn right yeah and at the end, Rand's like, Maureen's done with me now. It doesn't even matter. Right? I'm just going to go home. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> child, there are 13 more books. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, not going home. Uh, you know, <laughs> like you and, and, you know, I think like the last line is like the dragon has been reborn or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, it's very clearly it is Rand. He's never going to go back to being a shepherd no. ever again. Right? Like he is loose there in Telamon, reborn. Um, and the other boys don't even know he can channel at the end of the book. Only Egwene and Nynaeve, Maureen and Lan do. Um, so. Yeah. Well, boys are slower. Well, but also like <laughs> men who channel are scary. Right. And. Well, and they lose her. Yeah. Should be killed. Right. Essentially. Because they, they hurt world. everyone around them. Yes. Yeah. And that's like a legitimate fear it's a and that's why gentling them is the way to not kill them right the humane thing to do yes uh, because like the men who could channel literally destroyed the world like if you're if you know if you look at the map and you're like i thought you said this was our world it doesn't look anything like our world yeah because the men broke the shape of the world yeah like they broke it uh it doesn't look anything like our world which is one of my complaints about the book uh, the show sorry uh so in the show (laughs) They walk through a scene where there's, like, skyscrapers covered in, like, <laughs> they, it's totally happens. It looks like mountains in <laughs> the background. the first season? But it's skyscrapers in the first season. <laughs> and I'm like, those should be destroyed. Yeah. There is very little still standing from the Age of Legends. And the stuff that still exists from the Age of Legends is, like, in this book, I think Bale Doman, the captain, mentions, like, a hand out of the ground in some island he's seen. Like, yeah, that's like a Statue of Liberty-sized statue that all that remains is, like, a hand. Because the world broke, was destroyed. Yeah. Like, you know? Oh, well, that's um, interesting. So. When I read when I read it, the second book, I'm going to take that more into account. Like, I, I. So there's actually, if you want fun facts from Mandy about <laughs> where it says explicitly that this world is our world, other than, you know, word of God. <laughs> there's a scene where... They're talking to Tom and they ask for stories. Uh, one of the stories they ask for is John Glenn uh, orbiting the moon, orbiting the earth. Uh, though they don't call it, it's like limb. Uh, they, there's a, like two brothers fighting is like how they word one of the stories with like spears of fire. It's the Cold War oh, wow. uh, between Russia and America. And then um, Anla and the A Thousand Tales is Anlanders. Oh, wow. Uh, so Robert Jordan has confirmed all of those, but, uh, and then there's a couple of other things later in the books where they're going to find like relics of the past that are like the thing that goes on the front of your car, like 
you know. Oh, yeah. Like, an ornament? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a Buick symbol, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. kind of thing. Uh, okay. So very Planet of the Apesy, right? Like, sorry, spoilers for a uh, very old movie, 60-year-old movie. Um, yes. Yeah, it is our world. It's just not known whether we're the seventh age or the first age. But it's close enough that they have stories still from our time. Right. So, which, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to complain about season two. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. All right. So if you haven't watched season two and you don't want to know, don't listen. But this is a small complaint. I really wanted one of the heroes with the horn to look like a modern person. Like just completely. Oh, like, yeah. Like just like a general in a uniform. Or oh, something that'd like be that, awesome. Right. Like yeah. in like a modern uniform. I really, or like, you know, like a guy in BDUs. Just like. Now, I can rationalize that because they've been reborn many times since then. So they're probably wearing their latest. Right. You know, but I was still just like, I really wanted us to like underscore. Yeah. With the heroes of the horn that they are like, they are us. Right. Yeah. Can we make it more explicit and just uh, have like a guy yeah. in the back and BDUs? Like cheap costume guys, you know, like yeah. easy to get. But they didn't do that. So that made me sad. There's nothing that explicit in the books. But I'm like, visually, mm-hmm. I would have appreciated that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So minor complaint. Sorry. That was a minor spoiler for uh, book two, show season two. Show season two. two. Uh, so. We can't talk about season two. Uh, <laughs> season two. We're not going to talk about season two until we read book two. Because okay. Because they are direct related. That was just my minor complaint since we were talking about. Actually, and okay. So while we're talking about how it's our world and things the show did very well, I really liked how Ishmael's shirt looked like a futuristic take on a dress shirt. Oh yeah. It did. Right. Like it, like it had the tie built in almost. Mm-hmm. And like, it almost looked like a tie that like tucked into the shirt. And like, we see guys who wear stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this is like a fashion forward of now. Yeah. I really like that. I feel like the forsaken on the show has like a lot of style. And we haven't even met Asmodian. <laughs> so you don't even know. <laughs> Though actually, I, they may go with more of a rock and roll type look. From, I would be okay with that too. For Asmodian. Um, or Grandel is also supposed to be stylish. Oh, yeah. Because Lanfear's in there with her, like, Oh, yeah. Lanfear has the and... best. Uh, all the all the Forsaken are really <laughs> killing it. Uh, except. Uh, ma- ma- I, I say Mahogadian, and it's not right. Mogadian's Was that the last outfit. Uh, but that makes sense. She was a banker in real life. So, you know, oh, it know. makes sense that she's not stylish. Yes. She was like a finance person. Because all the Forsaken had like jobs before they became Forsaken. Oh. Right? They were all like normal people. Mm, interesting. And uh, sorry. Now we're getting to deep lore that has not been revealed to you yet. So I won't say too much. Okay. But they, they're not like demons. They're like people. Who right? Who went to the dark. Who went to the dark. Okay. So they all had like, yeah. you know, like jobs, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know. You don't always read a book and want to read more, so. So you do want to read I do more. want to read more. I'm excited for both the show and more books. So hopefully I can, you know, knock out a few books before season three. I think we have time. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, especially because hopefully, yeah, it won't be as long as it So was. my understanding is season three is just supposed to be book four. Okay. So yeah, I make it to book four. on Twitter. Because uh, they, one of the reasons they combined book two across seasons one and two was so that four could be more dedicated to book four because book four is so critical okay i'm gonna say there are some critical things that happen 
in book four. Shout out Asmodian. Uh, so okay, well, I imagine the show is going to highlight a different Forsaken every season because they are only having eight Forsakens and we have like eight seasons. So that doesn't quite work out because spoilers. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like this season was really land fear centric, you know. <laughs> For sure. Next season probably be Mogadian centric. No, but it's got to be Asmodian centric. So maybe we'll get both. Maybe we'll get two. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to read more. And, uh, you know, I have this project. I feel really accomplished after I finished the first book. I was like, awesome. Put that in your Goodreads. Yeah, put that in my Goodreads. I was like, this is, yeah, so I'm excited to keep going. I bought, like, the first three book box set so I could read actual books instead of, uh, because my eyes were getting tired on reading the uh the kindle there so oh also fun fact for you just because you don't know like the things at the beginning of each chapter like the uh sorry i'm flipping through the book you know how each chapter has like a thing yeah that usually tells you what character it's about oh so like this is a parent chapter cool well that that's exciting so those 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 graphics like yeah. reveal things about the chapters in okay. retrospect like and sometimes it'll be obvious like oh this symbol means matt we yeah. haven't even gotten to Matt's symbol yet. Uh, you know, and then other things will be less obvious. Or you can, like, infer things about the chapter based on the yeah. symbol. Um, so that's fun sometimes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there was a lot in the first book of Rand and Matt chapters. Like, for a long time, I was like, okay, what is everyone else doing? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Perrin and Egwene, meanwhile, are just like, we're hanging with some tinkers. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to get kidnapped by White Cloaks. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, can we see what uh, the Aes Sedai, what Moraine is doing? <laughs> no. No. Because it's just Moraine and Nynaeve sniping at each other while Lan is like, it's yeah. like having your sister and your wife. <laughs> And they hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times. Good times. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited to continue. So I will do that. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, thank Jessica. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me strong arm you into talking <laughs> about the Wheel of Time. And yeah, uh, I had a good time. look forward to... Uh, I look forward to you finishing and us talking about A Memory of Light. And you're going to be like, Mandy, how did you keep all this up to yourself? And I'm going to be like... <laughs> Or you're going to be like, you know, you'll probably read book two and three and be like, you spoiled me on some of these things. And then you'll get to book 14 and you'll be like, how did you keep this inside? Yeah. And I'll be like, <laughs> I already accidentally spoiled Trevor on something because he only read like the first eight books and I forgot that. Oh, and he's I said, read them too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he only read like the first eight. Okay. So now he's attempting to reread The Eye of the World. He's in chapter two. I said something and he was like, spoiler. And I was like, oh, I forgot where you stopped. So... <laughs> Because I said something about, like, Egwene's ultimate character arc and, like, where she ends up. And he was like, uh, spoilers. And I was like, ah. Well, I'll get on it. I'll start reading. There's no school to stop me. It's just work. Yeah. Work, stupid work and gets we'll in just, the way. Uh, but uh, record yeah. these as you finish them. And uh, they'll get posted in, you know, time eventually. Because I still only post once a month. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will join us again next month on March 15th. I will be joined by Seth Heasley of Hugo's Their Podcast, and we will be talking about one of our mutual favorite shows, season one of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Thank you for listening to Mandemonium. You can find me, Mandy, on Twitter at Brown underscore Aja. That's A-J-A-H. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at Mandemonium Pod. And we also have a podcast Facebook page. Theme music for this podcast was created by Skips a Beat Music. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you come back next time. <laughs>